Episode 51, Church History, Part 16. Germanic tribes have taken over the Western Roman Empire in the 5th century, and many of them accepted the Catholic Christianity or Arian Christianity. Clovis I was a pagan king of the Franks, a sector of the Germanics who renamed Europe. Clovis' dad was a pagan Merovingian king of the Salian Franks, who were early Franks that lived west of the lower Rhine of the Roman Empire with official Roman permission. The area today is the Netherlands and Belgium. Clovis's mom was a Thuringian princess. Clovis became the king of the Franks at the age of 15 in approximately 481 AD, and he was the first king to unite the different areas and tribes under one ruler. He ruled the territories of the Alamanus, the Burgundians, the Visigoths, and the Vandals. Clovis became the most powerful in the area of Gaul, which is known today as France. The Romans named the area Gaul where the Celtics had lived. The Gaul region included modern-day France, Belgium, northwest Germany, and northern Italy. Historians have even cited evidence of Neanderthals in the area of Gaul. These are the descendants of Japhet. Clovis was able to defeat everyone and bring the entire area under his control. In 494 AD, Clovis became the first king of this unified country known as the Land of the Franks or its Latin name France or Francia. Clovis even became an ally to the Eastern Roman Empire or the Byzantine Emperor Anastasius Dicorus. Clovis married a Burgundian princess named Clotilda, a Catholic Christian. Historians believe his wife Clotilda persuaded Clovis to leave paganism and convert to Catholic Christianity. Also, historians believe that the Catholic bishops of Gaul helped influence Clovis to convert as well. St. Remigius, a bishop of Remy, who was born in the upper echelon of the Gallo-Roman society, sent Clovis a letter and served as the king's advisor. Clovis is believed to have accepted Catholicism between 496 AD to 508 AD. On Christmas Day, St. Remigius baptized Clovis, the king of the Franks, and this baptism led to the entire nation of Franks converting to Catholic Christianity. Clovis accepting Catholicism led to widespread conversions among the Franks in modern-day France, Belgium, and Germany. Clovis was now the new Constantine from the land of the Franks, and historians believed he was following Constantine's path on leadership. Clovis' conversion to Catholic Christianity would help him politically just as it did Constantine. The Roman Empire in the West had been taken over by the barbarians, so now Clovis could help restore the Catholic Christian Church in the West as well. Thus, both parties were benefiting. Clovis and his desire to expand his kingdom and the Catholic Christian Church could continue their conversions to maintain as much power as they could in the West. J.H. Robinson, Readings in European History, states, his conversion to the Roman Catholic form of Christianity served to set him apart from the other Germanic kings of his time. 
such as those of the Visigoths and the Vandals, who had converted from Germanic paganism to Arian Christianity. His embrace of the Roman Catholic Church may have also gained him the support of the Catholic Gallo-Roman aristocracy in his later campaign against the Visigoths, which drove them from southern Gaul in 507 AD and resulted in a great many of his people converting to Catholicism as well. Kevin Madigan, Medieval Christianity, states, Finally, at a gathering of his warriors, Clovis persuaded them to convert. More than 3,000 are said to have done so between 496 A.D. and 506 A.D. This was a momentous development. The man who now controlled most of central and northern Gaul and who ruled the only stable kingdom in the center of Western Europe had linked destinies with Catholic Christianity. A single militarily powerful kingdom now had a Catholic ruler soon recognized by the Eastern emperors as consul. In their eyes, the kingdom of the Franks continued the presence of the Roman authority and tradition. Both sides needed something from the other. The Franks needed a rightful, indeed sacred authority, as respected and prominent as the Bishop of Rome, to recognize the legitimacy as kings of the Frankish realm. Susan Wise, Bayer, History of the Medieval World States. Like Alaric's Goths, the Franks were a confederacy, not a nation. They were held together by custom, by geography, and by necessity. They had lived within Roman boundaries for over a century, and their adoption of Roman practices was the strongest bond holding them together. But the Roman Empire had crumbled in the West, and the bond of Romanness was crumbling with it. Like Constantine, Clovis saw that a stronger bond was needed to hold his people together and to allow him to claim the right of kingship over them all. Christianity would serve as the new glue of the Frankish nation. Today, Clovis's wife, Clotilda, is a saint in the Roman Catholic Church, an Eastern Orthodox Church, for her influence in Clovis converting to Catholicism between 496 A.D. to 508 A.D. On June 3rd is a feast day in the Catholic Church to celebrate St. Clotilda. What was remarkable about Clotilda was that she baptized her first two children before Clovis's conversion, and unfortunately, both of the children died. And later on, Clovis still converted to Catholicism after he prayed to God that he would get baptized if he wins the battle against the Alemanis. However, we know Clovis's conversion to Catholic Christianity strengthened his relationship with the Eastern Roman Empire as they were allies. The East could assist Clovis in war as needed to take over more areas of land inhabited by the descendants of Japhet, yes, their own people. Clovis's sons and grandsons would establish the Kingdom of Sorsen, Kingdom of Rams, Kingdom of Paris, Kingdom of Orleans, and others. With the victories of war and the support of the Eastern Roman Empire and Clovis's conversion to Catholic Christianity, 
Clovis and his wife were buried in a monastery in Paris called the Church of the Holy Apostles, now known as the Abbey of St. Geneva. Historians note that Clovis ordered the church to be remodeled or built in the early 6th century, just as Constantine dedicated the original Church of the Holy Apostles in the 4th century. Many monasteries were named in the honor of Clovis. Monasteries are a building or complex for a community of monks under religious rules and vows to live in. Monks practice asceticism by living alone or with other monks. In the 6th century, St. Benedict redefined and established the rule of St. Benedict or the monastic rule, which is a manual of instructions of rules and regulations of how monks are to live in monasteries. It detailed daily activities, expectations, and duties of men within a monastery. Codes of behavior are outlined for absolute obedience and limited conversation with laughter. Benedict outlined the 12 divisions of humility. Fear God obey God's will, be obedient to one's superior, be patient, confess one's sins, accept difficult tasks, consider oneself inferior, follow a superior's example, do not speak unless spoken to, do not overindulge in laughter, speak modestly and practice good posture. Monasticism shaped the East and West cultures, establishing a foundation of the church leaders of the Catholic Christian Church. And the marriage of the Kingdom of the Franks and the Catholic Church, arranged by necessity, would further establish the church as well, per Kevin Madigan. So the more we study, the more we learn, the more we dig, we see the teachings of Yeshua, the Torah, the Old Testament prophets are nowhere to be found as the Catholic Christian Church continues to build and lay its foundation with or without the powers of Rome. Christianity, again, is being used for political reasons, allowing leaders to assert their power over people in geographical areas. Clovis answered the call of the church by converting to Catholicism, which only feathered his personal goals of being a king, a ruler, or dictator over people and lands. Japhet would enlarge themselves, and again, the same people are in charge today. The Catholic Christian Church loved converting pagans to their religion because they were able to mix their past beliefs with present beliefs of what they choose to believe at that moment and what benefits them. The church's goal was the same for leaders like Clovis, Constantine, and other leaders, and even today, the different parties and pastors. Yeshua never mentioned a pastor in his teachings, but the only person that mentioned pastor in the New Testament was Paul. Deep sigh. Pastor is in the New Testament one time, and it's your boy Paul. Pay attention. They all have the same goals, which is to promulgate the superiority and authority by using religions as the best means to subliminally control the masses in government, education, finances, banking, technology, media, you name it. You cannot fear and obey God while being obedient to a superior. 
with possibly pagan ties. Matthew 8 and 9. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Absolute obedience is not to a man, but it's to the Most High. Deuteronomy 30 and 10. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of Yah thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law. And if thou turn unto Yah with all thine heart and with all thy soul. And how can you have limited laughter when Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, the joy of Yah is our strength. We are not inferior or incomplete or unworthy. When Yeshua has made us worthy through salvation, his blood made atonement for our sins. Yeshua gave us grace to be delivered from sin. We are not inferior. We are not incomplete. We are not unworthy. Psalms 139 and 4. David says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that my soul knoweth right well. We do not follow the examples of man, but we follow Yah, the Most High. John 5, 19. Then answered Yeshua and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son cannot do nothing for himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. John 8 and 28. Then said Yeshua unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he. I do nothing of myself, but as my Father had taught me, I speak these things. Israelites, we follow Yah just as Yeshua did. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or comment here. We don't claim to know everything. We just seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. Let truth roar. Let truth reign. Let truth speak. And let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars. Truth reigns. Truth speaks. Truth sets me free. Please see a podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.